Hey guys, welcome to our YouTube channel. I am Nikita Banks and I'm the host of Black Therapist Podcast, formerly of Black in Therapy. And get instant access to our free mental health course. You could do so by texting get happy, all one word, 66866. If thank you for listening to season two, enjoy the show. I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of Black Therapist Podcast, formerly of Black in Therapy. Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can follow us on our Facebook fan page at Black in Therapy, or my fan page at Nikita Banks LMSW. You can email us fan mail, general feedback, and show suggestions at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can sign up for our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com. Tweet, share, like, leave us comments on whatever platform you listen to us at, whether it be SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, etc. We are wherever podcasts are found. Hey guys. So it is social work month. It is my month. So I decided uh, we were going to do something a little special today. I was going to have my friend on, Noni Taylor. She runs an organization called Social Work Connect. And it is an online platform where she provides support and fellowship as well as gives insight on certain things that you can do once you become a social worker. So I have her on the show today. And a little bit of housekeeping. Last week there was no show. And the reason is because I have been developing my online platform to give you guys some more resources and some content. So, and so if you want in on our first free mental health course, you have to just go to the website, blacktherapistpodcast.com, sign on to our mailing list, and you will get our first course delivered straight to your inbox. Okay. The course is going to be launched uh, next week as this is social work month. This is also women's History Month. And so obviously that's no coincidence, right? Because the majority of social workers are women and we do rock. And so I get to celebrate twice. And coming off the heels of Black History Month, of course, I want to feature a lot more Black clinicians of color and Black women clinicians of color. And so if you are a black clinician and you're hearing and you're listening to the sound of my voice, please sign on to our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com so that we will be able to get you on or shoot me an email that just with a subject line, I'd like to be featured at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com because I want to provide more resources for our listeners. And I feel like every single one of you out there can benefit from having a culturally competent therapist. And so I want to do what I can to help you guys get there. So make today the day that you choose to make the necessary improvements that you will make in your life. Okay. So, hey guys, uh, today we have a very special guest because as you guys should know, or if you don't know, March is social worker, I guess awareness month is a social work month. I don't know, but we got our own month and I wanted to have a a friend and soon to be colleague on the show. So we have a Noni T. 
Taylor. Hi. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for coming. So you have an organization or you've started an organization. So let's tell the people a little bit about Social Work Connect. Okay. So the Social Work Student Connect is pretty much a virtual platform um, through Facebook and Instagram. It is a way for social work students to connect with other social work students and social workers who are uh, successful in their own field of practices. And in this group, we empower each other, we inspire one another, and we just connect. We offer tips, uh, feedback, we vent, we talk about grad school. Um, some social workers, they'll chime in to give tips to the students. So it's a really great platform, and I speak, I believe, and I know that it's going to do well. Okay. So what drew you personally to social work? Social work chose me. Um, I believe, and I always say this, that sometimes our life experiences take our careers, and social work was just one of those careers that chose me through my own life experiences. Um, I love to help people, but I also wanted to be a representation of someone who I needed growing up. Um, I tried nursing, nursing was not the best fit for me. So I decided to do social work and social work has all those core values that I live in my own personal life. And it just seemed like a good fit. Okay. And so uh, I know that you're a student right now. Where do you go to school and what social work program are you in? I am a junior at Westchester University. That's in PA, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And so you said that social work chose you. So you like it better than nursing? I mean, I, I kind of think don't think people really have an idea of exactly what social workers do. And I know that a lot of the conversation that you have in your group or even on your Facebook page, you, you try to raise awareness for the different things that you can do as a social worker. Right. So for me... I feel like nursing is one of those careers where you really have to be led into um, the career. It cannot be something where you just jump up one day and say, hey, I want to be a nurse. Nursing has a lot of demands. It, you know, they work long hours. They have to make life and death decisions. And that wasn't something that I was passionate about. And because I wasn't passionate, I really wasn't able to give it my all. And with social work, well, let me backtrack. So with social work, when I wanted to do it in high school, someone told me that social workers are poor. So don't do social work, do nursing, because with nursing, you make more money and you get to help people. So that negative narrative really this interests me into the, you know, from the profession of social work. But luckily, you know, through my own, you know, experience, experiences, I just say, you know what, I'm just going to try social work on my own. And I started to network with other social workers who were actually making six figures and making money and doing things that they love. And it's like, okay, I'm going to try this. I can do this. I have some passions. I have some things that I want to work on, and social work is a perfect fit. Um, and the more I started taking my classes, I realized, you know, social workers are not poor. Um, 
They're not baby snatchers. They don't take kids away. Um, that's not all that we do. And I think um, what I love about social work is that since I'm so passionate, I can raise awareness about, you know, this negative narrative that people have about social workers. Yeah. And I think even even with me, I, in the beginning, sh- kind of shied away from calling myself a social worker or I, I would I would let them know what my job role was. So I'm a counselor or I'm a therapist or I'm a psychotherapist or um, I do diagnosing. Like I, I, I kind of had to be very specific as to what I was there to do for a lot of people because people assume that social workers all work for social services agencies. And a lot of the people who work in those agencies, they're not licensed clinical social workers or licensed master social workers. A lot of their administration, they're licensed. A lot of their administrations have, you know, advanced degrees. But a lot of those people that work in those agencies are just coming out of high school or have a bachelor's degree. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they don't have the same training that we have. So just kind of to lump all social workers up into the same thing is just ridiculous. And I think one of one of my largest posts on my when I did my social media stuff for my show Social Workers Need a Social Worker is uh, one of the posts that said, you know, I don't I don't work for social services. <laughs> and this kind of, like you said, this this negative stereotype about what um, social workers are. And for me, I had that same exact stereotype until I decided that I wanted to be a psychotherapist. And my own psychotherapist was like, you know, he's a PhD, but he was like, listen, well, he's actually, he's a, he's a PsyD, um, which is, uh, he has a, a doctorate in psychology, practicing psychology, which is different from being a PhD. But I try to be very technical in this show because a lot of career changers and a lot of students like yourself listen. But um, he told me, you can do what I do in six years or you can do what I do in three years. It's it's literally the same schooling, but the licensing is different. The, the prestige is different. And a lot of, I believe that social work is a growing field because tuition is way too expensive. A lot of psychologists are are dying off. And if we continue to, you know, I don't, I don't want to say dying off, but like it's an older field. And I think that people are more advanced and people want to get to the, into their careers a lot quicker than they used to. And we, we, we don't want to spend all this money on tuition. I really wanted to go to... Uh, a PsyD program and I was looking for one that maybe I can do in like three or four years. I didn't find one. I did my my master's program for social work in a year and a half. And that was a year and a half of busting my behind, but it was a two-year program that I completed in a year and a half because I just didn't have any time to waste. I really truly wanted to get into practice and I wanted to get into my career and I wanted to actually start being in service of people. So yeah, I think I think that 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 battling the misconceptions is a huge thing, and especially when I'm a black woman and I service black black clients, and I'm sometimes going into their homes and I'm sometimes interacting with their families, and they're like, "Oh, the social worker is here." It has such a negative connotation, and I, I try to clarify and and you know make sure that they understand exactly what my role is in treating their family member. 
Yeah, and I and I also think with the negative narrative of a profession, it discourages students, and that's another reason why I created the Social Work Student Connect to change the perspective so that you know they have that confidence and okay, yeah, even though my profession is social work, I can do so many things in this profession because if you're if you don't have the right kind of people pouring into you, you can definitely get discouraged, especially, you know, doing social work because a lot of people don't know about what we do and what our profession entails and the different field of practice. All they know is, you know, by things they see on TV or interactions with someone who is not a social worker at all but calls themselves a social worker, and that kind of um, discourages students. Like, I don't even know if I want to do this because I'm hearing, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that's another reason why the Social Work Student Connect was created, to have this space of positive lives to where everyone feed off of each other, and they can also channel into their own creativity and think outside of the box because, you know, this profession – we're not meant to be put into a box at all. There's no black and white um, area. Like, we can really do it all in our skills. We can apply it into any setting. So that's one reason why I really love social work. Yeah. And I, I recently read an article that stated that um, social work is the new MBA. And it's because we have so many versatile skills. You know, like I tell a lot of people, I'm biased, you know, when I'm I'm trying to get them to go see a professional because not only do I do treatment and diagnosing, but I also, I could teach you how to navigate systems better than anybody else. And it's something that I've, I've learned being poor and having to be in a system at one point in, in my life, but I didn't realize it was a skill. And I didn't realize that people actually got paid to do that, just kind of teach you how to get, you know, access to services. Like it's a skill to do. And to touch on something else that you said, you know, I, you, you know that I complain all the time on Facebook how all of my business partners have Porsches in my office and I'm the only one that, that does not have a Porsche. I'm going to get my Porsche, I promise. But, you know, I think that also, you know, a lot of things that people don't think about you know, to quote an old Chris Rock joke is that white people think sky is the limit and black people think that the limit is the sky. And so the problem with social work is is twofold. Number one is that you, you we're touchy-feely. We're, most of us are like creatives. Most of us try to think outside of the box and we're not like, we're not like, I don't want to say normal, but we are we're dreamers, right? We, we're idealistic people. And a lot of times you don't equate that with money. And the other part of that is that the majority of social workers are women. And so that part of it keeps us in, in situations where we're not paid equitably for what we do. Like we do a lot of stuff. We're on the front line of every single social movement that happens. But yet and still, we're a lot of times if we allow other people to set our value, it's way too low. And I think also, um, I think it's important to have sisterhood in 
social work. Real sisterhood where, where, you know, you're empowering the person that's coming along. And it's not competition, um, but it's authentic and it's, and it's real to the point where it's like, okay, I can do this. Because we are, you know, social work is a woman-dominant profession. But and I and I also think it all has to do with advocating. Um, I it, I'm a part of a lot of virtual support groups that has social work, and I see so many people, women, that talk, you know, that they're not making this, they're not making that. And my question, I don't know, because even though I'm a social work student and I'm an aspiring social worker, and I will be one soon. It's like, where is the advocacy at? Because if you are telling your client to advocate, do this, do that, and you're not practicing it in your own life, I, I just, maybe you can explain that to me, but I just don't, I can't, I don't understand that. Um, if you have these desires that you want, if you have a certain lifestyle, why are you not advocating? And it's and it's but so much that um, NASW can do. But what what can you do to break those norms? You know what I mean? I mean, I've said it repeatedly on on this show is that we don't advocate for ourselves. We are not as politically active as we need to be. We we are not very well organized. And just like you said, you know, unity doesn't happen overnight. Just because somebody is in the same profession as you, that doesn't mean that they don't see themselves as competition with you. It doesn't mean that they they really, truly want to bond with you. And at the end of the day, we are people. So each of us start out from a different kind of starting point. And each of us come to the career with a different, uh, with a different goal in mind. So that's one thing. Like we all bring ourselves to this work and sometimes some we don't bring our best selves to this work. Sometimes we have to grow into, you know, the work that has to be done within ourselves in order to be better clinicians or better social workers or better administrators because a lot of people think that we do one thing but we don't. You know, there are several different tests that we have to take because there's several different licenses that we could take and there are several different roads that we take. I know a lot of, you know, 30-year social workers uh, who have been in the field for a very long time with their degrees and they're not licensed. And it's because they've taken a career choice or path that they felt that they didn't need to be licensed. I know some, I know a social worker who is, uh, she's a radio show host. Like she, she owns a podcast platform where she has a syndicated show and that's what she does now. She's not even in practice. You, you know, Lisa Savage, who does just school-based programs. Some people do telephonic work. So there are different ways that you'll be able to like... I think that so many people graduate and they go straight to agency work or they go straight to insurance work. And that's so difficult to to make ends meet sometimes. But I know some people making six figures as social workers in New York. I know some people who are making decent salaries who have actual jobs and, and corporations who have good benefits and stuff. It's not the majority of us, but you have to kind of find you know, your place in the world and know what you want and what you'll accept. 
So I'm not going to stop until I have, I mean, maybe I don't want a Porsche. I say that all the time on the show. I don't know that I want a Porsche like they have a Porsche, but I know that it's doable. I don't think if I would have worked in, in any kind of setting besides just stumbling into to that setting where both of my, one of my business partners, actually, he's he's just an MSW. He's not even licensed. And he and I have had conversations before, like, why don't you get licenses? And he's like, why do I need to get licensed? You're licensed. <laughs> You're licensed. You know, Bill is licensed. Like, if I need anything signed off on or if I need you guys to do something, you'll do it. But I don't I don't even need that right now. And he doesn't. He's successful. He's been in the business for over 20 plus years. But um, he couldn't do it without his partner doing it. But his partner came to the work first. So just kind of thinking in terms of like ad, ad career advancement and exactly where you want to be. And I don't know, my niece is a social worker as well, which was a complete shock for me that she would actually, you know, follow in my footsteps and become a social worker. And she's, you know, I had to tell her what advice was given to me before I, when I was a student, I did a walkthrough at a court of innovations here in Brooklyn, New York. And I met the director of the court and she told me, listen, this job, it's a city job, but she said, this pays for my insurance and it pays my rent. She said, my private practice buys my bags and my shoes. She said, don't get stuck in any kind of organization. Don't get stuck in, in any one job. Go get your license. Go get your license. Get your C and then do whatever you want to do. So if you're going to do the time anyway, you might as well be getting the hours. If you're going to, if, if the six years are going to pass anyway, the, the three years are going to pass anyway, just get your license. Get your license. It's it. Yes, it's money. Yes, it's a test. But you're investing in yourself because you could decide. I could decide tomorrow that private practice isn't for me, you know, and I'm actually building an online platform to do more of that work um, remotely. But, you know, even if it's not for me, I still have my license. I still have my insurance. I can still do whatever I want to do. And if I ever decide to come back to it, like credentials are the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. They can never take that away from you. And I think also, um, I think it's important to have sisterhood in social work. Real sisterhood where, where, you know, you're empowering the person that's coming along. And it's not competition, um, but it's authentic and and it's real to the point where it's like, okay, I can do this because we are, you know, social work is a woman-dominant profession. But And I, and I also think it all has to do with advocating. Um, I, it, I'm a part of a lot of virtual support groups that have social work, and I see so many people, women, that talk, you know, that they're not making this, they're not making that. And my question, I don't know, because even though I'm a social work student and I'm a fine social worker and I will be one soon, it's like where is the advocacy at? Because if you are telling your clients to advocate, do this, do that, and you're not practicing it in your own life, I, I just, maybe you can explain that to me. But I just don't, I can't, I don't understand that. Um, If you have these desires that you want, if you have a certain lifestyle, 
why are you not advocating? And it's and it's but so much that um NASW can do, but what what can you do to break those norms? You know what I mean? Yeah. But what I love about you is that you're so passionate about the work and you're passionate about changing the narrative around, you know, what people think this the, the career limits are. And you be cracking me up sometimes on Facebook because I'll see that you'll post something or somebody will say something negative about social work. And I, like I hear your voice when I'm reading the post. I'm like, she she going to come for their neck right now if they say something else. I mean, but I love the fact that you are very passionate about, you know, having the conversation. And what I love that you do with Social Work Connect is you try to connect social work students and give them the encouragement and the guidance that they need in order to connect them with social workers so that they can see that, you know what, you may be in this program and you may not know what to do with this degree now, but there's so many options and so many ways that you'll be able to make money if you're willing to hustle. And that's the, that's the part of it. It's not just you're going to, you may just fall into a decent job making some, some good money. That may happen. I, I don't see it happening until we are, are ready to march on Capitol Hill and like meet with our, our Congress people and, and our representatives like Barbara Lee, who, you know, is a social worker. And at Towns here in New York City, he was a social worker and he became, you know, was an elected official until more social workers start to run for office. And there are a lot of um, programs that you can go to to learn how to be a politician or work for a politician as a social worker. And I think Yale has a program in the summertime. I think it's Yale. It's either Yale or Princeton. And um, I know that UConn has one where they have a campaign school that I attended. So, I mean, there's so many other things that people could do. But as long as you are willing to advocate for yourself and hustle, the sky is the limit in the, in the field. And I think that mo- more people need to know. That's why I'm so grateful grateful that there is a social work, you know, awareness month because not enough people know what it is that we do. And I fell into the profession. I also believe that it picked me. <laughs> I realized that I've always kind of wanted to be the authority. Like that's always been my little personality, just kind of telling people what to do when I was younger. So just kind of being a, a social worker where people actually pay me for them to tell them certain things. It's like, what? Really? You know, so just just kind of getting to the point where like you realized what your what your core gifts are, how to monetize them and how to offer them to the world. I think it's a it's a great thing. And I know that for you, you're going to definitely be uh, a wonderful uh, clinician. You know, you're you're passionate. You're you're very open. You talk a lot about your traumas and the things that you've gone through in the past, as do I. And I think that people connect to us on that level. Yeah, I I agree. I totally agree. And that's why, you know, I I try my best through the Social Work Student Connect and through my personal page to bring that awareness. Um, to, you know, just inform people and let people know um this is, you know, what social work is. And I'm I'm passionate about social work. Like it, I can talk about it all day long and you know, I'm at a place where no one can tell me different because I have a vision, you know, of where I want to go in this profession. I can see it. I, you know, I, I know it's going to happen, and I know that it's doable. And I have so many wonderful people around me, like you, Marlene, um, 
other social workers who are really flourishing, and it can be done. So, uh, you know, I just try my best to um, inform, inspire, empower as much as I can, um, especially for people of color, um, because, you know, we need more people of color in the profession um, to really, my perspective is to bring in um, people of color as clients, because there's so many that's struggling with mental illness with you know their mental health is not the best there's a lot of stuff that's that's going on and that a social worker is a social worker is needed uh it, I, can, I can go on and on about it so yeah well I'm not worried about the profession as a whole the only thing I want to do is is contribute to the space and I think that you and your movement is also contributing to the space but in terms of myself, yeah, I, I did. I know a lot of social workers. At my last employment, <laughs> those people would walk around the office like zombies. They scared the hell out of me, to be honest with you. And these are like twenty-year clinicians. One of my my coworkers, God bless her, but she was batshit crazy, and I I, I adored her. I adored her. I did. But she could never in life be my therapist. I don't know what she was doing with those people in there. But she would literally tell me, you know what, good if if you're gonna leave and go to private practice, good for you. If you if you decide that you don't wanna stay here, good for you. She'd be like, I you know, if I didn't screw up my money or if I didn't do this, I would I'd be retired. And she was she was an older woman. Um and then then there was a, another one of my coworkers, like she would literally walk around the office so sad that she and I, I swear, was we were like runaway slaves. And I, I was like the Harriet Tubman of the place because I'd be trying to tell everybody how to pass their tests so that they can get a raise and get out of there. And like she helped me pass my test. And then I, we helped somebody else pass their test. And then when I was getting, going into private practice and getting all this information, I was teaching her what to do. And she, she was a clinician, had been in the field for at least, I don't know, like 10 years. Like she had worked for that organization for a very long time that they, they knew her, but she was just getting around to taking her, her licensing exam. And I remember being there and working and I went to work one day and I was going, I had to ask for the day off to take to get my DSW interview. And what DSW is, is a doctorate of social work. And so I had just started that job. And I don't know, do I... I don't even think I had taken my LCSW at that point, but I just started that job and I had applied for a DSW program. And one of my white um, supervisors, I had asked her to do something after I had taken my DSW interview. And she was like, if you're going to get your doctorate, why do you need me to do anything for you? And I was like, oh, because it's in your job description. Like you got, like this is what you're supposed to do. And so I, I was... I was kind of taken aback. Like it it almost seems like being young in this field and like grinding in this field in certain in certain organizations is almost frowned upon. And I've also heard other social workers say, "You know what? I worked somewhere and I told them that I was going to take take my licensing exam and then they told me that they, you know, they didn't want to hire me." Or I went for a job interview and they said that they want want to hire me and if I got my license, I would have to stay for X num- number of years. And I was like, 
that's crazy. Like, it's almost like they don't want you to grow. And a lot of these organizations, they don't want to change, but they want you to adapt and almost sit there and take the abuse. And I promise you, I took my license exam in October. No, I took it in August. I was eligible to get my license in October. I got my license back on a Wednesday. I got a job on a on a Thursday. I put in my resignation on Friday. I was like, you people are not going to kill my spirit because of walking around the office and seeing the zombies in my office. I was like, I don't want to do this. And the funny thing is my therapist worked at my job. He was like, he was like, listen, you know, when I went to therapy and I told him, listen, this is where I work. And he was like, oh, girl, I worked there probably longer than you've been alive. He said, I've worked there a long time ago, probably back in the 70s. He was like, get your hours and get the hell out of there. And I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> like, I was calling him under my desk, like crying, like, oh, my God, I'm having such a bad day today. Like, and my, my therapist don't do phone therapy, but he was like, I just need you to focus so that you can get back to work. But like, I don't I didn't want that life. I don't want that life. And I don't want that life for anybody else. I don't want that life for any other social workers. But, you know, at least at those first three years, once you're getting licensed or you two two years or whatever it is in your state, once you're getting your license and getting your advanced license, like it's hard because they know they know you have to put up with them and you have to put up with that in order to get, get to your next level in your career. And they know that this is time limited. They can look in our eyes and tell, you know what, she's not going to take this abuse too long. And they were not, not where I worked, they were not nice about it. They were not nice about it. And on my last day at work, I had a, I had a black, um, a black client and it was winter time. So I came in there, you know, with my mink on and I had on my dress, my outfit, because one of my coworkers was taking me out. My supervisor was going to take me out for, for dinner um, after work. And so my coworker, I mean, my client who I loved, she saw me. She said, oh, you walked up in here with your mink on and stuff. You letting these bitches know. I cracked up. <laughs> I cracked up. I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just free. I'm just free. She was like, I see you. I see you. So... You know, I love being in service of my people. I love having the option of just like picking and choosing who I work with and who I'm a good fit with and who I know I can be a blessing in their lives. And, you know, I just want you to be encouraged and and keep going. Not that I think that you'll stop, but I think that the work that you're doing with um, Social Work Connect is just amazing. And I think that you, you know, the platform could be a lot bigger. I think you need to just kind of, kind of expand I already told you what I think you should do with it but that's on me and that's on you to do um but just know that we're here to support your movement and and what you're doing in the group as I think that a lot of uh, students don't know and a quick story so I went to NYU Silver and I got my my MSW and I was in a library one day and I was checking out a book I guess the book that I was checking out is a psychology book because we, you know, psychology and social work, when you're in a clinical program, the books are pretty much the same. So I was checking out a book and I was reading it and this this white guy came over to me and he's a psychology student. And he was like, oh, you're checking out that book. Can I ask you a question? Why are you in social work? And I was like, well, I graduate, you know, next month and I'm taking my licensing exam. And he was like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start practicing. And he was like, practicing what? 
And I was like, I'm going to go into private practice eventually. I said, but when I pass my exam next month, I'm going to do clinical work. Like I'm going to be a psychotherapist. He was shocked. He was shocked. He was like, wait a minute. You're telling me that once you get your master's, you're going to be able to go into private practice. And I was like, yeah. I mean, not the first test, but I would be able to work underneath a social worker who's licensed and I could essentially be in practice at that point. So he was like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, I could go into private practice. Like I could go work under somebody, but I'll be in, pra- in practice. And he was like, no, no. And he was like, I didn't know that you could do that with your master's. He said, with my master's, I can't do anything. And now I don't know that to be true because I do know some psychologists that work with their masters, but I don't know the the difference and the nuances and stuff, but I've always been conditioned, just like people are conditioned about social workers, that if you didn't have your doctorate in psychology, you can't really do too much of anything with it. Things are changing. I believe that things are changing just because, as I stated, tuition too damn high. But he was shocked that no one told him that going into social work could have been an option. And what I told him was, was, yeah, I may still become a psychologist. I may go back to school for the additional years or four years or three years or whatever the program is. But by that time, I'll already be practicing. And he was blown away because he didn't know. And he was like, I don't know why nobody didn't tell me. Yes. And, you know, one thing that I always tell anyone that I meet or even in the social work student connect, which is something that helped me greatly is that you with social work um, and just in life and, you know, in general, you have the luxury to turn your pain into profit and purpose. You really do. And social work for me um, has been, you know, that purpose where, you know, I'm able to make, a profit and a purpose based on my life experiences, things that I thought, you know, I would never get over or, you know, I couldn't make something good come out of it. And here we are, social work. Um, you know, I was able to do, as you say, you know, my self-work and really get through um, those things, still getting through those things. But overall, that hope is always in my my head like I have the luxury to turn all of this stuff that I thought was really bad into purpose and profit and I and I just want um students even social workers because some social workers are really not happy um if you know I can be honest are not happy where they are and you know channel that creativity and tap into those those gifts and those talents that you have because it's it's there. Like the purpose is there. Um, you just have to, you know, investigate more and, you know, just strategize. But like you said, I believe that we, I am hopeful um, for the profession. I believe we can get there, but we have to do the work. <laughs> Nobody's going to do it for us. And we have to be enraged all the time. You, you know, people should be enraged being in this profession and not making what they deserve. Women, like, we have to be enraged all the time and to the point where our feet is moving to action. But I believe in the profession, and I think we're going to be okay. 
But yeah, but that means that what you're doing is super valuable because not everybody knows. And if it wasn't, I was nervous as I don't know what, but if it wasn't for me going to my my therapist and saying, I think I want to do what you do. And he literally said, okay, well, you could do this in, in two years or you can do this in six. Which option do you pick? And I said, I'll take the, the two years, please. And he was like, all right, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I got I, I got my action plans. I put my boots on, laced them up, put my big girl drawers on, and I got in school. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. I think what you do is is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's hard being a social work student. I mean, I know you know. But it's hard. Yep. It it is. It 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 really is. And um, you know, having, you know, this platform, the social work student connect, it really keeps me accountable. Um for myself because there are days, you know, the it's it's not easy stuff. Social work is not not easy and that's another um Stigma is, you know, oh, social work is just easy, all you do is talk to people. No, we, it's a skill. Like having empathy is a skill. You know, attending to someone's feelings is a skill. Um, having those core values and practicing those core values in your own life, that takes time, you know, because you're always going to, you know, have interactions with with someone who's either just like yourself, so you got to tap back into your own self and address those issues. So it's a lot. Um, and you got to be accountable for yourself um, to really deal with your, deal with your, your stuff, because it's going to, if you don't deal with your stuff, it's going to come out with someone you work with. And in my perspective has always been, I don't want my unresolved issues to stop me from helping my future client to the best of my ability because of my own stuff. I don't want that. So, you know, you got to do your work. I, I realize, yeah, I realize in practice that a lot of my clients are mood ring for what I'm feeling. And a lot of their stuff is my stuff reflected back. And I'd be like, Jesus, do I got to deal with me today? Well, I got to deal with my own things today. But, I, you know, I, I say things to them through their problems and their concerns that address them. But I'm always constantly reminding myself that I have to listen to my own advice as well. And 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 one thing that you didn't touch on is that not only is it a skill, is it a, a practice, because that's what I hear you saying, but it's also evidence-based. It's science to this. I'm not just talking to be talking. Like they, I have, There are scientific methods and proven theories and strategies that I'm using to help people, you know, employ things that they need to do in their lives to improve. So that's, you know, that's my, that's my spiel. Thank you so much for having me on your show. This is my first time on a podcast. No, I, you did great. You did great. And we thank you so much. Tell the people where they can find you. Okay. So you can find the Social Work Student Connect. The group on Facebook, if you type in in the Facebook search bar, the Social Work Student Connect, and we're on Instagram at the SW Student Connect on Instagram. Okay. Well, happy Social Work Month to you. You too. Practice self-care, and I'll talk to you soon. Once again, I want to thank Ms. Taylor for coming on so we could discuss her platform, Social Work Connect. 
please, guys, if you are a social work student or a social worker and you would like to pour into the lives of our students, please reach out to her on her platforms, as she mentioned. And hopefully you guys are enjoying your social work month and your women's history month. Be well. You've listened to another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Nikita Banks, licensed clinical social worker, and this is Black Therapist Podcast, formerly Black in Therapy. If you are looking for any information, any resources about today's show, or if you just want to drop a line and say hey and subscribe to our mailing list, you can do so at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. You can send us emails at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today please like comment share and subscribe because we want the show to grow as organically as we possibly can and we cannot do that without you thank you for listening be well